in this episode of the NEDA podcast. And like, it's pretty like, it's a resounding like, like a big, like the mountain is just farting in your face. You're just like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's just like flushing out. And, and, and at, at the time you don't know what's happening, you know? And like, we didn't know if it was the whole yeah. cornice. Cause he did a good job of finding a nice station, like and for us to be protected. that never have climbed in the mountains will connect with you like what are you climbing where are you going like they study the guidebook and stuff like it's like there's like locals that have never climbed like know where roots are like mm. obscure roots even. Mm. like and so it brings the whole community together and i think it's really cool like yeah it's pretty special where, if the conditions work and if the yeah, weather works and they have like a list of things they want to do yeah it's but like least. usually Patagonia kind of like it slaps you a little bit, you know, and you're kind of like, whoa, I wanted to do all these things. And now I got to do this instead. Well, I got to, I should enjoy that too, you know? Yeah. So it's good not to get too invested in the no. objectives. Cafe Cigarro. Cafe Cigarro. We take a shit and then <laughs> start going up. Yeah. We, we read. We, we made the glacier really easy. Really easy this time. Easy yeah, this faster. time. Yeah. I think the conditions were good. They were great, yeah. It was a lot of snow in the upper part, so we, you yeah. can see the cracks and everything. Alright guys and girls, welcome to this edition of the podcast. I think this is episode number 90, I think. Or 89, I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, maybe this is the first time you listen to uh, and tune into this podcast. My name is uh, Hans Christian, and um, uh, let me just explain a little bit what this podcast is about, because a lot of things has changed the last week. As you might know, this podcast is crowdfunded mostly, uh, and so I use this pa- this um, this service called Patreon. And Patreon lets me collect micro donations from you guys. And um, that's how I'm able to make a living out of this. And before this past week, uh, everything was in Norwegian. Because I was uh, mostly speaking to a Norwegian audience or a Scandinavian. Um, But what I've done the last week is to actually translate everything. Everything is now in English. So um, if you head over to to patreon.com slash NEDA project, you'll be able to to support this show with uh, as little as $6 every month. So it's the same as, I don't know, a a cup of coffee, a beer uh, every month. And you can have uh, and you can keep the lights on uh, for this uh, this shop. And I can keep this going and have uh, do interviews like I did for this episode with um, with uh, Tad and uh, Augustine here from El Chal Town in, in Patagonia. And so I just wanted to to let you know about that and also and this at the same time thank each and every single one of you who is actually donating and um, and giving uh, chipping into this project. And you know what? It's it's not it's not a donation. It's it's a it's a tra- it's a transaction because uh, it's not like you're giving throwing away money. You're actually getting a lot of extra content for it. So 
it's um, it's not a waste of money, guys. You're actually getting a lot of extra goodies for the amount of money you uh, you pay for it. Okay, so um, check out Patreon.com/NEDAProject. Uh, this uh, this pro this episode is also not only brought to you by listeners and individuals. This um, I, I've actually started a collaboration with a service called Combine, and um, for you international people, this might be a little bit irrelevant. But if you're ever gonna visit Norway or Oslo, um, and if you're a climber or a runner or uh, outdoors person and you would like to do some inside uh, workouts like uh, bouldering or treadmill or do lifting some heavy weights or yoga um, you can go to combine.no or download the combine app on the app store and you can sign up and you can actually um, for for the same amount um, as you pay for a monthly fee at your local gym you can now uh, use combine and you can go wherever you want like pretty much all of the gyms in oslo like the yoga and climbing and and all of the the classic gyms they are part of combine so you can you can use whatever you want for the same amount as you would pay for for being locked down to one of <laughs> one of them so um that's the concept of combine and if you used it if you used um uh, the code NEDA in capital letters you get the first month half off okay and when you do that I get a small kickback so that's also a way for me to to uh, to make a living hopefully if enough people sign up <laughs> okay uh, so go to combine.no and you know what just if you if you're if you're uh, if you're signed up and you're like on a 12 month program or something uh, ridiculous and tied down to one of the gyms just just sign off and sign up for combine uh, for the same amount and you can use you can go to all of the gyms all, all of the gyms, gyms. okay combine.no all right guys that's it for the housekeeping um, be sure to check out the uh, the patreon page and combine next time you travel to norway and just want to go for a climb or something you know you can sign up and you can use it for a month and then sign off who cares just go for it uh, that's <laughs> that's actually cheaper than than uh, than doing just one session in the gym just sign up for combine use it a couple of, couple of times and then sign off that's that's uh, that's how i do it when i travel to norway Okay, so let's uh, let's get into this episode, shall we? Uh, I uh, I did this podcast with uh, Tad and Augustine from my hostel room in Shelton, and uh, luckily I was alone in the uh, the dorm, uh, and luckily I was alone that day, so I could actually interview them uh, alone. And um, we had a couple of beers, and we talked about their latest uh, climb, which was supposed to be to Cerro Rincón. And uh, I don't know, maybe I spoiled it here, but um, they didn't make it, guys. And they didn't make it. And uh, we'll hear why. We'll hear what they did or ended up doing, and why why it didn't go as planned in this episode. And we also get into uh, pretty deep into like if if you want to come to Chel Ten, uh, the logistics 
and what it's like to actually uh, climb here. Uh, the weather, you know, the, the weather can be quite harsh here in Patagonia. What kind of food can you expect uh, to, <laughs> to buy here? Uh, what should you bring if you're coming here and uh, the history of the town and um, a lot of cool details if you're ever going to come to Shelton and climb or run or do whatever like this is the episode for you all right enjoy this episode and I'll speak to you next week where I've uh, we're going to talk about what I did actually two days ago uh, when I ran the Uumul circuit around the area here, which is a 70 kilometer uh, circuit, a classic four day trek. And I did it in 14 hours together with a stranger and now best friend. Uh, her name is Renee and she's from Canada. And we sat down after we did, or the day after we did the, the actual uh, FKT attempt and we, we did a podcast and we talked about it. And I also filmed a lot and it's going to be a mini documentary. So uh, that's that's what's happening next week. Uh, okay, so enjoy this episode and uh, I'll speak to you next week. All right, bye. Hello, this is another one. Another one, baby. Welcome to Now Is It Alvor uh, with Hans Christian and friends. We're going to be the best podcast that you ever did here and we're going to thrill you, we're going to teach you, we're going to entertain you. Like Britney Spears once said, there are those of us who observe and those of us who are here to entertain and we're here to entertain you, bitch. <laughs> Let's keep it super, super casual. Yeah. Because uh, that's how this podcast goes. And normally, uh, my audience is like outdoors people, cool. ultra runners, um, climbers, mostly Scandinavia, but also some international stuff. Awesome. Uh, so I thought maybe we could. Um, could talk about uh, um, Ten, you guys, your guys' history, why you're here, when you came here, uh, and the last project you did, because nice. I know nothing about it. So let's uh, let's explain to people first, uh, maybe where we are and what we're doing, and uh, who we are. Nice. Okay, because people sure. know who I am. You guys yeah. can introduce introduce. Well, I'm yourself. nobody, but this man to my left is Augustine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm Tad. And uh, I'm Tad McRae. There is no virtual Tad McRae, only the real one. <laughs> and I like to live in El Shalten in the summertime as much as possible. Mm-hmm. This is my eighth season down here. Eighth um, season? Yeah. It's kind of a special place, so it's really hard not to come back to if you have a good enough excuse. So I just try to make that excuse yearly. I can see that. Yeah. I'm definitely coming back. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Once you eat the Calafate berry, you'll always return. So the trick is you just get the sample at Doma Blanca and then you don't have to go find any more. Yeah. <laughs> you always gotta come yeah. back and take a nice Yeah. Also. Okay. So I am Agustin Burgos and I live here since like 16 years ago. I came with my family. 
my father start working here. So I finished the school and everything here. I'm 28. All right. You're, you're how old? 28. 28. Yeah. Okay. Mm, basically, I work in the construction. Mm-hmm. And in my free days, I go to skiing, especially. And then <laughs> when my brothers of the States come, we pass a good time in the mountains, trying to climb. Like, basically, we, we, we want to have a good time in the mountains, yeah. Yeah. like mountaineering. We are not You're here for the mountains. Yeah, for the much, mountains. Yeah. But I came because my family comes for work. But then when we, like, when I... I didn't know about the mountains anything before come. Really? So you didn't you didn't actually come for the mountains? No. Okay. Okay. A lot of people come for the mountains, but I think the reality about like this place, El Shalten, is that what we learn is that like the mountains aren't just about the mountains, it's like about the people in the mountains too, you know, and the people you get to share the experiences with. So I think like um at least like in Augustine sent like like from his perspective, like their family came, you know, like a lot of people like this new place. And then like all of a sudden, like fell in love with the mountains Mm -hmm. because this place like has that kind of pull, you know, it has that kind of like traction, I feel like on so many people. Can we talk about the history of uh, Shaltan? Because it's a pretty uh, new city, right? Yeah. Do we even call it a city? Yeah, it's like 1335 years, no? Yeah. The city? 1982 or something. Yeah. 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 And and why does it even exist? Do you know the the history of that? Well, it exists predominantly at this point because of the mountains. um, So, like, it's... uh, I mean, there there were a couple of Estancias and a couple of like Gachos. Don Guerrero's been here forever, for instance, yeah. and his wife wife uh, what is it? Uh, Isolda. Isolina. Is- Isolina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they've been here like a long time, working for the Madsen family, right? Yeah. And so the Madsen family had, I think, the initial Estancia in the in the area. Yeah, the- that wasn't mountain related. That was like they were here to like kind of cultivate their like lifestyle on on a ranch like within the El Shalten area, mm-hmm. and then uh, as climbers started kind of becoming aware of this phenomenal locale for climbing, and that kind of happened in like the like in the sixties, it initially started to happen like or yeah that's when there was a, more of a pulse, and. Um, and yeah, so at that point, like there was still no infrastructure, but slowly more and more and more people were coming. Yeah, and for so, for the mountains, for the mountains, yeah, for yeah, sure. For and sure. Uh, and and also, I think it attracted a lot of people that maybe, I mean, sometimes we say the mountains, and I think we mean more just the outdoors. But like, I think it for, for like for so many Argentines that initially came here in that like building period of like the '80s into the '90s, it was because of this this cool possibility for an outdoor lifestyle and like, opportunities also for yes, work opportunities for work new like, frontiers new yeah project for life of yeah. life you know make it like they, they start making the houses for rent and they a lot of contractors a lot of contractors yeah. yeah and that's how it started and um, the the people the national people like the argentinians start coming because was a um, kind of conflict with chile like exactly. a like a border conflict. Yeah, this is important actually. Yeah, so the the state of Argentina start like promoting 
the, the yeah. these land promoting the area like yeah, trying to the encourage area. people to to like settle because that was their way of claiming the land like, yeah over chile to take like more to have more people close to the frontier all right and, and the yeah. same thing was the case in chile so actually yeah. like to the north by the northern ice cap like off the Carretera austral mm-hmm. you see these massive like hillsides that are just fully burnt because the chile they were when chile similarly they were like listen we're trying to we're trying we're competing with argentina for this land essentially and like if you can claim the land, it's yours. Like, and so people were just burning as much of the hillside as they could because. to like claim the land, yeah, and show that it was settled, basically. So, so how close were they to a war? Because they haven't been to a war, right? It's not, no, no, no. It was close, but not even no war. Save it's, for the football. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, what's a conflict? I think one just one guy dies. Yeah, one Chilean. Died, right? yeah. yeah, I think one Chilean. When a drunk night, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So that's basically the history I know about and, and, and what's the deal with real estate here? Because it's limited, right? Oh, it, that's the thing, right? Well, we're, we're essentially in the national park right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all the land that anyone lives on here at this point in time is basically like um, like supplied by the national park. And so yeah. they kind of withhold like, uh, like a couple years ago, maybe it was five or six years ago that this whole upper step here, La Planta Estable, really there were like no buildings. Like like, even se- six, seven years ago, like only yeah, like six, six, seven buildings maybe. And now it's like a whole nother really? barrio. Yeah. 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 It's an old, another neighborhood. You, you can see it. Yeah. And so they it opened was, that up for yeah. building. And they like gave out parcels to people who, my understanding at least, is that yes. they were like on a list, right? Yeah. 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 It was on a list. So you're in construct, uh, construction, right? Yeah. So what do you actually do when it's limited with uh, real estate? What kind of stuff do you, do you work mm, on? Because the people who has land or who has a uh, hostel or, so, or house, they want to expand for sure. And, and we also make... So do they expand vertically? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah vertically. We make that. new roofs yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or we change the outside of the wo- the houses. We change wood for metal and... A lot of rem, uh, mo- remodelations. Right yeah, the black one. Right yeah, <laughs> it's a new one. It's really nice. Yeah, it's a nice one. Yeah. So yeah, basically, basically we we do new homes. Windows. Windows. We put some windows. Yeah, you need to fix stuff as well, not just build new stuff. Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. for sure. Yeah. The environment's pretty ferocious. Like it's pretty like harsh on on the houses, not just like the mountains. You know. Like, yeah. There's like, like there's climbing windows and those are usually building windows also. Yeah, it's hard to build in the wind. Yeah, so I've been living in a tent the last uh, two weeks and the wind here is intense. Yeah, really. And, and I was we thinking, don't have. I, I was thinking like, what's it like in the mountains when the wind gets like? I mean, if the wind is intense down here, what's it like up there? And what do you do when the wind comes? No, when the wind comes, if it's too strong, you cannot do anything. Just go down if you can. Yeah, just respect the wind. I yeah. guess like. Yeah. It packs a punch down here. Yeah, try to get a safe place. (laughs) Yeah, like I think the key is, well, okay, so like you said, like in town you can feel the wind is strong. So what is it like up there? And I think like there's like within, at least within like the guiding world, we talk a lot about forecasting and then now casting, right? And so like the now cast would tell one that like, well, it's pretty bad down here and the clouds are just flying up there. So I bet it's, bad enough where I don't want to go there, you know? 
And then you can check the forecast and be like, oh, wow, it's really supposed to be bad. And then it's just like worth not going up there. Mm-hmm. So that's why we like making good friends in town and drinking Ipa at Fresco Bar. Yeah, for sure. That's the best way. Yeah. If it's windy, you don't go. Yeah, it's, it's just to better to respect it, it from yeah. afar then, yeah. All right, let's, serious, let's get into some uh, climbing then. Uh, what what made you come here the first time? And what did you do when you came here? Okay, well, so I came. I was here seven years ago. Was my first season, I guess. And uh, I kind of I grew up like uh, in California, and always kind of grew up around the mountains. Um, whether that was like peak bagging or kind of scrambling or hiking backpacking like fishing or, or or whatever and that kind of developed and kind of i mean i guess with age and and just with new experiences i kept wanting to climb bigger things and so as a kid i was always into into kind of what would be next and there were some photos i got a hold of of this of the el Shalten like massif in this area and so, like, early on, I kind of, like, always wanted to go, like, a couple places. It was, like, here, like, Pakistan mm. and Alaska. Mm. Like, and so... Have you been there? I haven't been to Pakistan. I have been to the Himalaya, but not Pakistan. To, yeah, but, yeah, to the other places, yes, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so basically once I felt like I kind of, like, had acquired the skills and confidence and experience, I, as soon as I had, like, I decided to come down here. And so nowadays we kind of refer to it as like new Patagonia because it's not like an expedition anymore. And it wasn't an expedition then either, seven years ago. So, but like there was no guidebook then. And so it still felt like pretty adventurous. There were information was limited and kind of felt like you needed to almost know somebody that could point you in the right direction to get a good jump start. But uh, we got really lucky and came down in November and there were like, there was like nobody here. And um, like a third of the buildings you see now in town existed. That was only seven years ago. Um, but yeah, we kind of got a hold of these binders that had these photocopied like root overlays. Yeah, you remember the the, yeah. the book? Sebastian ha- still has it in Island IK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one. And you do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're awesome. They're cool. Like, yeah. I think they're really special now, especially because like, I mean, respect Rolo. Garabotti's made an awesome guidebook. It's beautiful, first of all, and it works. That's, that's the one you uh, yeah. lent yeah. me, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's amazing, but it also kind of it can it changes. I think the way we process logistics and the way we conceptualize, like, oh well, kind of just like what is classic, what is expected of somebody, mm. and these mountains, like at least for me, the first time, and still, I think it's good to embody the spirit, but like are really serious even though they're kind of close to this lovely little town. Um, and uh, so for us, like the first thing we climbed was this thing, the Amy on Gijeme. I think Kavazone, you've climbed that too, yeah? Yeah. 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 It was my second climb. Yeah, it's like a really good starting like yeah, intro sure. climb. It's not very technical. And then the top of the ridge, you get a little more technicalities you have to kind of overcome. But but it's like it's not so long. It's kind of easier to descend than some of the other peaks. And so that like builds a lot of confidence, you know, and then you like maybe like look all of a sudden you like can see other things in the horizon. Yeah. And then so another like good progression climb, I think, at least for me, was the Willens ramp on points and So that was my second climb. And that was actually all I did the first season I was here. But uh but it wet the 
the appetite right. and yeah so how how much uh, experience and knowledge should you have before you come here and start uh, as much as possible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean no, there's no right answer i think given that everybody is so different you know but, but do you see now more inexperienced people coming down here with uh yes yeah, yeah. sure a lot of unexperienced and a lot of people who want to take the experience here yeah. and there is a lot of risk on that yeah. but this season they was it's like been a good season yeah it's been a good season because what do you mean by good season because we no were because yeah i am the rescue team also yeah yeah so in this season we don't have work we didn't go out just today we have the first rescue Okay. Yeah. What happened? Uh, it's a guy who broke one leg. It, it during climbing or no? Uh, was uh, walking on, on during the, the. You remember the Paso Vuelta de Wemul? Yes. It's a, that trip. Yes. Yeah. I'm running that on Tuesday. That's actually maybe nice. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that now. It's the first rescue of the season because that's maybe besides climbing accidents, that route is where most of the accidents occur. Yeah, it and like it's not that climbing uh, ankles. Yeah, route. It's, it's trekking. It's yeah. trekking. Yeah, it's so, but beautiful. it's far. So it's about 65 kilometers, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Maybe yeah. more. Really pretty. Yeah. But it's not yeah. easy. Like, the footwork is, is like, is uh, engaging. There's a lot of loose rock. Mm. And the, the moraine is not always so simple. And so I think, just like within climbing, in trekking, people can get their, you know, get over their heads. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel like especially now... I mean, I don't want to get on the case of social media, but like, especially now we have so much access to seeing everything everyone's doing all the time that we yeah. start to maybe normalize it in our heads. Like, oh, that's normal. And really it's like, no, it takes a lot of work to do that. Even just to walk out there. You have to be a like, a absolute world-class trekker to climb in these mountains. Like, And like, yeah. like, that's sometimes the most dangerous part is just walking in to climb. <laughs> So or sure. running depending the, how you the, want to do the it. The yeah. approach here are so heavy. Yeah, exactly. so that's another another yeah. level. You have first you have to like have good legs and then the knowledge to the to cross the glacier to be on the, on the moraine and how to walk. And Try like, to walk faster because you have time. Yeah, the right also the right food and the right like the right caloric intake and like hydration makes a big <coughs> difference, you know. And like so, yeah, all these things like. I mean, Cabezon's been climbing these mountains for a long time, since we were like 14, yeah. 13. 14 was the yeah. first time in the Leise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, So like with each experience, you build on that and you kind of take note, mental note of what worked and what didn't work. And then you can come back the next time kind of with like a, you know, a little bit of experience, but maybe a fresh mindset, how you can maybe change a little bit and have some fun with it. Like, How much of a athletic background do you have? Like you were talking about nutrition and and stuff like that do you, what kind of approach do you have to to climbing do you have any well mm. I, I have quite like a my 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 background before uh climbing was definitely one like full of athletics i i was a rower in university at the university of washington and so i definitely i don't want to say like more so i think a lot of climbers especially in the mountains pay attention in their nutrition but that's for me where it kind of comes from stems from is just like uh yeah just like uh endurance like yet like uh yeah just like long endurance um 
training from the rowing uh, standpoint like is what translates the best for like things such as approaches whereas like i don't know i kind of think about it you know there's like there's different strength training and different endurance training within climbing and it depends on what the objective is but uh for me like i like to utilize like the past knowledge of like being a rower yeah. even though it's not you know it doesn't translate exactly just in terms of like you know when to eat when when to be utilizing carbohydrates versus fats versus proteins when to be utilizing um yeah just like what times of the day are most effective right, to eat right. or like how much to eat at certain because there's a point where if you want to do certain objectives it takes a lot of days and that means your pack's gonna be heavier which means your performance is gonna be lower which means you're gonna be trying harder which means you're actually gonna be eating more which means you have to pack more then and then so there's all these right, levels right. you know but yeah, yeah I mean, athlete's athlete's mindset athlete yeah. too I, like forever I think it's just like different approaches given like different um, I think also j there's just like a there's just a lot more like uh, in the United States there's a lot of performance food available and there is some available in Argentina and more and more each year, I feel like. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, food available here. No, for sure. I, I'm struggling. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm just using bananas Which on the trail. Which is why everyone ends up like eating fruity grains with like butter and like all these different like things, like turning them into energy food because like, because that hasn't been the point, you know, like, and so, yeah, like we bring like, yeah, like this last thing we climbed, like we had some like pretty normal standard, like El Chalten. Like, yeah, some cheese, like some maize frito, mm -hmm. but like we try to supplement like some of the maybe like more Western uh, like um, performance gels now and again, yeah. or there's like certain protein bars that just no, have good the, percentages. The, um, the oh, the the chews, yeah, like we really no yeah. chews. Oh, yeah. Which also ones? Which ones? The, the tablets you put in the oh, water. The yeah, what so like electrolyte mix, like just dash it. either like Noon or Hammer Nutrition. All these companies make the little tubes, you know, with the little, and I that's know, something yeah. that's like that. Like I, it's eat. I've recognized from being down here a bunch, or like climbing in India, that like it's so easy to take for granted in the United States, at least. Like when you have that, you're like, oh, of course. And then here, it tastes really good, but Tang doesn't do the same shit, you know? Like, you're like, oh, it works, but Ooh. it's sugar, but it's not electrolytes, you know? And and so, like, we've noticed just playing around with that. Like, last season, I know we all went out and did something where we brought less, like, performance food and, like, more, like, Tang or more, like, like yeah, stuff was, like that, yeah. like, on when we tried Super Dumbo. Yeah. But, like, then there's other times where you can compare it. Like, this last time, we had a couple, like, you know, nice, like, like goo roctane like mm -hmm. gels and like the roctane is clearly better than the normal shit you know and so like all of a sudden you're like wow i can like feel the vitamin e yeah. and, and like amino acids <laughs> in here i swear yeah, to god like... i'm like processing auction better like yeah yeah and so it's cool to compare mm. yeah. the electrolytes make the difference for me <laughs> yeah huge difference yeah. Mm -hmm. so uh, let's talk about the last there's uh, electrolytes in beer right yeah, I think there's, sure. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of vitamin that B. I might have one. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. I'll just talk of electrolytes. I'm thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this last uh, last expedition you went on. Would you call it an expedition or a climb or yeah, climb. a weekend venture? Or adventure. Or... Yeah, adventure. I like that. I usually like, it's funny. I don't know. I usually like personally refer to them as missions <laughs> but like it's an adventure you know it's like an adventure with your friend like and that's the cool part about it yeah the last one 
we we want we was in the glacier um, Marconi Sur. Macaroni. Macaroni is the, the place <laughs> where we stay. And um, we we tried to open a, a route in Cerro Rincón. Yeah. But when when you say open up, what do you mean? It's like a new route. It looks like it'll be a route, but no one's climbed it yet. Mm. So that's like where the opening comes from. Okay, uh, so the book you you uh, you lent me, yeah, that was full of what I would call recipes to climb mountains. Excellent. Yeah, right. Basically recipes. Yeah. So uh, is that what kind of takes the charm out of climbing? If someone has done it before you and you see the red lines in the book, and do you do you want to explore and, and do new routes? Is that part of the part of the game? Is I mean, that why you did it? Some some of, some of the lines are really classic, and they they build up like legend or like lore around them and people want to climb them because you've heard yeah. of them and they sound cool okay. but then there it's like a different side of that is there's less adventure in that sometimes it might be really classic or fun or engaging but the adventure is kind of more about like exiting the known and entering the unknown and you don't there are no lines or recipes you know for those and you got to kind of make the recipe as you go like and so that's at least like in this case that's what we went out there for i like that recipe analogy like We went out there to like make a recipe on on Punta Amigos and Cerro Rincón, but it just like Kavi's on saying like yeah yeah we reached so the, how, how did it go you know we, we we reached the place and it was like really really warm yeah warm yeah, yeah warm. really Quicker. really warm yeah like, and that's that's a problem yeah that's a problem because was uh, ice route or my yeah. mixed climbing route yeah. <laughs> doesn't get uh, cold into the yeah. night even all the night warm. We can't cool and sleep really well. No, it was warm. Like, yeah. We were sweating. It yeah, was, sweating and I'd been the there two weeks before. Uh, up there? Up there, sweating in the night, in yeah. like on the glacier. It was like warmer than in town. Like, I'm not yeah, kidding. Sure. There was some kind of convection in the glacier and yeah. it was really warm. And I'd been there two weeks before. We were actually going to go and try to climb it a couple weeks earlier. And it was really good. It looked like it was really good. We don't know till you go, but... It looked really nice, and so that's one of the reasons why we planned to come back. Mm. And um, it was we kind of came around the corner, and we were looking up there, and I was like, "I wonder if you just can't see it from here." And I didn't yeah, notice that because it's not there. And we got closer and closer. Close, close and, uh, yeah, like it's not there. Yeah, it's not there anymore. It's not anywhere. Yeah. But we like I don't know. I mean, basically, there's a lot of ways to look at it, but for us, like. I mean, one can go to the mountains like with the clear goal and objective to like climb something. And people used to say like conquer, mm -hmm. you know. And like, I think it's fun to have goals like and to like want to do things. But like, for us, like on this kind of a trip, like the goal is to like go to the mountains with your friend, have a good time, and like come back home safe. And like, hopefully, have an adventure in the process. Maybe get to climb some pitches. Maybe even if you're lucky, get to touch the top of a cumbre. Mm -hmm. But like, so with that attitude, we kind of like, I mean, we didn't sleep as well because the sweat maybe, but like, you know, we rested easy, I think, and woke up and we just talked about it over coffee about how like, that's the premier objective. Like, that's what we want to do, but let's go up there and we have this secondary option because it looks like it might be safer and more doable under these conditions. So that's kind of what we did. This yeah. place, Café Cigarro. Café Cigarro. We take a shit and then <laughs> start going up. Yeah. We we, read, we we made the glacier really easy. Really easy this time. Easy yeah, this faster. time. Yeah. I think the conditions were good. They were great. Yeah. It was a lot of snow in the upper part, so we, you yeah. can see the cracks and everything. And it wasn't too. It was warm through the night, like like Augustine was saying, but 
it wasn't like so isothermic or so punchy. We were just getting barely over the top of the boot penetration. And so it was actually quite comfortable and like pretty quick. I'd been up there several years before in a little like trickier conditions. Maybe we went a couple shittier variations then too, but we kind of like moved up there pretty quickly. We hit the base right when we thought we would. Yeah. And that that's always confidence inspiring. Like when you yeah. start off on schedule. Yeah, when you have like the real time, and yeah. you reach the time perfect. Yeah. So we said, okay, let's do the plan B. Yeah. Let's try the plan B. Yeah. Okay. So we start, we see like the tricky part of the route. We, we think it was like it's kind of slabby. The like, uh, like the tricky part he's speaking of is like it's not so hard, but it no, almost was sure. trickier because it was getting warmer, like we said. And so it wasn't a huge waterfall yet, but there's like a little waterfall into the snow. Like one inch. Yeah, and Augustine did a great job of like leading up and like in le you traverse left into this thing and it's still kind of a nice little icy like snowy couloir. And then all of a sudden for like three meters it turns into this like waterfall with like with like a kind of slab with like kind of thinner like moves with your crampons on the left side. And so he kind of dispatched that with ease, but but like it was tricky, you know. Like, kind of was climbing upstream. It's yeah, yeah. Essentially, I mean, it's like trying to avoid the stream, yeah. but it's kind of like you're in, in conjunction with it. Yeah, taking fun. Mm -hmm. So there up there, which as well like a fun slope. Yeah, super fun. We made two pitches, like four pitches in two. Yeah. We made a, a little bit of simu climbing. Yeah, just like just a faster way to kind yeah. of cover easier ground. Because above us, us <laughs> was a rain. Yeah, a, a great like a, one. A, a, not a, a cornice, huge one. A cornice, a cornice, right? yeah. It was from the run for sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the sun start hitting that. Uh, not too much, but maybe four rocks start falling. Yeah, from during the face our above. Plan. Yeah, so we keep trying to keep on the right side. Yeah, to maybe get more protect. Yeah, speed equals safety when there's yeah. like melt stuff melting, and so we were just trying to keep moving and keep moving. Yeah, that's this true. cornice at the top of the call was just like smiling on us all day long. Yeah, and like we were trying to smile back, but <laughs> at one point it like we got to this station. Cabezon was pulling me in, and we were considering moving across to this like mixed face, and then yeah, like the half of the cornice fall down. So we hear the, the sound. What fell down? The half, the cornice. Half we have cornice, yeah. We have up, up above us. Yeah. And half. like, it's pretty, like, it's a resounding, like, <laughs> like a bit, like the mountain is just farting in your face. You're just like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's just like flushing out. And, and, and at, at the time, you don't know what's happening, you know? And like, we didn't know if it was the whole mm. cornice. Because he did a good job of finding a nice station, like, and for us to be protected. So that, we can't see it then. Yeah, that's yeah. how we can see it. What yeah. was the thing who fall, no? Yeah, exactly. So he, he comes to me. What? And like, what, 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 what was that? Did you just fart? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we decide, okay, we just have to go to the other side as fast as we can. Yeah. So, uh, I go. Just to get I clear think. and over there. And uh, just in the moment I, I make the turn in the relay and can see the, 
the rhyme and you asked me yeah, it's full I'm like how much it went down and he's yeah. like only half and I was like fuck, oh, fuck. man like so it was only half so I was I can't stop thinking about the other half is gonna come in I don't know but he's fast he's fast no we twinkle fast. toes we call him twinkle toes in the ice no. twinkle toes <laughs> no so we one time we, we reached the other side of the <laughs> slope was another safe place. No? Yeah, and for we sure. that there we started the, the mix climbing. Yeah, yeah, it's like connecting the dots. Sometimes in the mountains, yeah. I think pe- the mountains sometimes get a really bad reputation for being a dangerous venue to climb in. Yeah, and like yeah, everyone it's mountains kind of, in general. Mountains in general. Yeah, these mountains for sure being low elevation and kind of getting warmer as the years progress. Um. But yeah, like I think within the climbing community, the general like preconception is that, and maybe misconception in some senses, is that like climbing in the mountains is dangerous. Oh, climbing like cragging or anything like that. Well, that's, we can make that safe. And it's like, to me, it's all kind of the same thing. It's just that you have different hazards. And within the mountains, I mean, especially these mountains, or not especially, but within all the mountains, like, bigger more serious ranges it's all about recognizing the hazards coming up with like some kind of like plan of mitigation so you can just widen your margins and the whole time you're just kind of balancing your margins and trying to widen your margins here and there and so like for us one of the reasons why we didn't climb that other route is because it looked like it was going to be falling down on us so we kind of expected stuff to be falling down even on this route but it's like okay well this face above us to the right that's going to be peeling off because that's east facing gets early sun. So we're going to go quickly through there. Okay, well, now we're protected. Let's, oh, the cornice just went. All right, well, let's go quickly across there. It's like, boom, only five minutes to get both of us across with belays. And, and it, yeah, like you're still exposing yourself at times to a little bit of risk or a fair amount of times. But the key is just to be constantly focusing on mitigating the risk and playing this like balance of like, of, uh, kind of this like cost benefit like analysis essentially of like okay well this is the probability that something's going to happen and this is the cost if that happens and so like if i yeah it's only like a one out of ten chance that we're going to fall on this slope here so we could have soloed for those four like pitches that he's saying we didn't too but then it's like ooh, but there is maybe this percent chance, a little higher, that you're gonna get hit with a little piece, a little rock, or a little bit of ice. And if you're soloing, you could get knocked back there. Maybe you won't get like terribly injured, but you could get knocked off your feet. So just having the rope there, simuling, kind of prevents, you know, one of those <laughs> hazards from kind of taking place. And so by just kind of working through that, you can kind of, I mean, it's nothing safe, but like you can, you can responsibly, I think, um, and honestly, like proceed and and have an adventure climb something no one's climbed on before and so we we didn't i wouldn't say we had a scare with the cornice we kind of expected it just hopefully doesn't sound too bad but mm-hmm. but like uh but we felt like we we mitigated it well and so like it kind of like gave us a charge and some confidence for the last like four pitches it was pretty cool yeah or five pitches yeah so to be able to climb mountains here and do new routes sounds like you don't need to have I mean, of course, you need to have a lot of experience from from climbing and just mountains in general. But you need to have some experience of these mountains. It's helpful. T- taking decisions, wise decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are certainly other mountains in the world that one could gain the experience you need to climb here. 
but local knowledge is key i mean yeah yeah, yeah for sure about yeah for sure you you have to be like you have you need you need a little bit of experience yeah for sure to see the mountains how they they start to melting or yeah yeah for sure you need it's better i mean you you can you can open a new route with no experience for sure, for sure if you have lucky if you're lucky yeah, yeah. but it's it's better if you have yeah so how did it go pretty awesome to be honest we had a great time like yeah. i mean it's like went pretty smoothly yeah for sure and you need like we we say with a friend with max yeah. like you need three things to to make a perfect day a perfect adventure like first you need good weather second check second good uh, good partners and well, then i was lacking there but yeah and then if you can make a summit so if you have th those three things, all true, all for three. sure, it's like a good adventure. For yeah. for sure, a perfect day. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it. Yeah. In terms of like how it went, like, well, there was one thing I was a little disappointed in myself. Somehow I left my sunglasses in the tent <laughs> in the morning, and so I kind of like spent the whole day squinting, trying to save Ashen my style. eyes. But yeah, like it was. Uh, I mean, it was pretty perfect. It went really smoothly. We avoided the cornice. Yes, yeah, so that's point A. Right? And then uh, we got onto this face that's a little bit, we went like about, I don't know, maybe 50 or a little bit more meters below the call. We moved left um, like to avoid the cornice and uh, kind of hit this amazing several pitches of like mixed climbing with this like chimney and icing in the back of it at a relatively like, easy to moderate grade so it was like really enjoyable the whole day was really enjoyable mm -hmm. and like we're down here climbing in patagonia which is so famous for being so vicious and like um instead it just kind of felt like we were in harmony with the mountain you know like in this to the, in the sense where you're like oh well we must be doing something right because everything just keeps unfolding itself yeah. and like then the last couple pitches we finally took our crampons off because it was a little bit more tech not hard but more technical rock um, and then, yeah, so this summit had been climbed, uh, two times before, um, once initially by actually both by Italian parties. Um, and so the opposite side of the mountain, the South side had been, uh, well, cause we ended up on the North face of this peak, but the South side had been climbed. And then also the Ridge, the West Ridge had been climbed. And so when we got to the very top, that's the first time we kind of saw any sign of, oh, actually the second time. This is also people, one person had repelled this Kuar before as well mm. to get down. Um, so basically we just didn't see a lot of signs or evidence of people, which is just kind of like fun. You're, we're out in this, out in Patagonia in El Chaltén, there's like 50 other climbing parties in the mountains two weeks ago and that's really, a lot right yeah, or i mean it's a lot it's pretty normal nowadays but yeah it's like a lot it's normal but it's a lot there's like more than 20 parties in the tory valley for sure there's like at least you know 10 plus parties at paso superior a bunch of piedras negras but there's tons of parties everywhere and then we're the only party in the marconi sewer and it's the same mountain range you just like one ridge over mm -hmm. and so that kind of thing to me is really special like especially like in february or like time where there's so many people and even though like yeah like it's the modern day and age of Shaltan. Yeah, people making cues and on, on the lines <laughs> yeah. on the on the wall yeah like 
party of three uh, in front of you, you're waiting yeah. till they start climbing so you can go after them. Yeah. So now you're not just dealing with in, like mountain hazards, but there's like people-based objective hazards, you know? That's why we got people like Augustine and the, <laughs> and the Equipo de Rescate. But well... What's the most popular mountain? Is it uh, do people come here for uh, for Fitzroy or Shelton? What's the? Yeah, the I think the, the the popular is the, the, for climbing is the Fitzroy, but everyone wants to climb the Cerro Torre. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think like both. I think that's probably that's the most yeah elegant of the two. Maybe. Have you done uh, both? No, I've I've turned I've attempted. Seratory uh, actually only really once, but uh, now we turned around like a couple hundred meters below the summit, I think, the headwall on the west face route is what I was trying to climb. But, but uh, yeah, Fitzroy is a great climb. We were talking about maybe going up there sometime this year, yeah, maybe might have to check it out. I might maybe. have to change my ticket, stay a little longer. How, how long do you stay uh, when you come here? Uh, it depends, like. Um, the shortest I've stayed was like my first season, like three and a half weeks, but the longest, yeah, it's pretty short. And the longest I've stayed was last season, which was five months. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. And it's nice. Cause then you know, you know, you're no longer on a vacation, right? So like it changes your mindset entirely. I think a lot of times the vacation mindset can be a dangerous one for the mountains because yeah. our times yeah, is so valuable, sure. you yeah. know? And, yeah. If you don't you take some unnecessary risks, Absolutely. yeah, for sure, yeah. always pushing to don't doesn't come back home without. Yeah, salad. and like the lenses we see the mountains in shifts based on our time. You know, like our priorities change. All of a sudden, like a weather window that really like wouldn't be a window if you lived here mm. looks so good that you like our yeah our our idea of what's normal can shift. I think. Yeah. Have you ever been here and the, the the weather has been so shit that you couldn't even climb, and you like just had trip? yeah, no. Be, well, so I'm sure that I know that happens to people. To me, that's sad that that happens to people because it usually means that you're so focused on only one or two things that you forgot that there's a ton of other stuff to do. And so, like, there's all sorts of objectives to climb. Like we talked about climbing Fitzroy when we climbed this route on Colmillo Sur, mm. Muñecos de Barro. Yeah. We 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 talked about climbing Fitzroy, and then all of a sudden the forecast didn't look as good, and so it's kind of where I think it's like up to, you know, each party to be responsible and kind of choose an objective that that kind of fits all as many of the requirements Cabezon was saying as possible. You know, like so you're getting out there, you're having fun, you're climbing something, maybe you're pushing yourself a little bit, but the idea is to like have a good time with your friends and return. I think, mm-hmm. and so like. We we get to go back to Fitzroy sometime. It'll be there. We get to go up there. Instead, we, you know, changed our objective, went a little bit smaller, and then just like we're in this great harmony with the window and the, the mountains that time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure we're gonna go. Is there a climb that you uh, really remember that's like when you're back in the U.S. and you think of uh, Patagonia? It's a good question. Yeah. I mean. Uh, that's there's a lot of them it's like usually different nostalgias that fit like each that kind of fill each like space for the memories like it's like uh yeah maybe because like, i climbed the californiana on fitzroy like five years ago 
um, in like full mixed climbing conditions. So like we didn't use our rock shoes the whole time. We only wore our boots and our crampons and used our ice tools. And uh, so like that experience to me, like I definitely like draw back to quite a bit or find myself like examining because it was kind of like this like proving ground for me. It felt like, oh, wow, if I can do this in these conditions, like, yeah, altitude's one thing, but you can climb a lot of mountains in the world. And so, like, that's something, but, like, it's not the hardest, you know? It's, it's, I think usually what happens is, like, like, for this climb in particular, like, I'll think about certain aspects of this climb for a long time. Like, we had a lot of fun, like, and so, like, you know, and you're out there having fun in the mountains, like, oftentimes you, I think you end up like drawing back on those other like fun nostalgic moments. And then sometimes you get really wet and cold and all of a sudden you find it like in the States, I'll find myself wet and cold in Alaska this spring. Mm. And I'll be thinking about this time that we were like wet and cold <laughs> running out of the glacier or whatever from the Torrey Valley. And like, that, you know, all of a sudden it's using just, that as fuel, boom, for... it just comes back. Like, yeah. I don't even know. It's like it's a sense, you know, mm. but, but yeah, like, no, there, there's so much good climbing. In the end, to be honest, like I definitely came to El Shell Ten because of the mountains. I know Cabezon came here with his family and like, for, you know, like basically for like, like for opportunity, you know, yeah, like, for, like I came for like climbing opportunity, <laughs> and that's not the same reason that I come back now. Like I do like to climb, and I want to climb every year I'm here. But like, if the mountains didn't exist at this point, like I would still come back. All right. Because well, it's awesome. like so. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's course, a good. Yeah, it's yeah. a great reminder. I mean, you've been here a couple of weeks now. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's a great reminder. I think about like how we can like choose to interact with people and like how we can build community. It's kind of to me. It's kind of like this little like mock utopian society where all these people who had similar ideas came to the same place around the same time mm-hmm. because we were able to start so fresh in the 90s basically like you know kind of a lot of like hindsight everyone did a pretty good job there's like a pretty nice harmony and like everyone has fun people that never have climbed in the mountains will connect with you like what are you climbing where are you going like they study the guidebook and stuff like it's like there's like locals that have never climbed like know where roots are like Mm. obscure roots even Mm. like and so it brings the whole community together and i think it's really cool like yeah it's pretty special that's awesome yeah because I've been tra- I've been tra- traveling a lot to like epic mountains and stuff, yeah. and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the human part, like yeah. being alone, just yeah. running on epic trails and being in epic mountains, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's I mean, yeah. the mountains are cool, but they're not cool when you're not sharing them. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, well, that's cool that you can recognize that yeah. too. I like how there's those par- there are those parallels within the like ultra running and kind of like more alpine climbing alpine climbing generally involves more endurance than other climbing yeah and like yeah yeah it's cool to find those parallels too hey what's it like during the winter augustine oh it's so quiet yeah 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 it's for sure it's our playground what is that kind of what your is 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 that your favorite part or do you have a favorite season yeah yeah Yeah, for sure my favorite part is in winter when all the people <laughs> go and we have the town for us because people go because you're, you're pretty much close the city off right is yeah. it is, is it closed or or no. do you, is it just like this is uh, like the warmest people in the world so it's like open it's just no one really the tourism is nothing 
right? Like in, yeah. in the winter. Like, yeah, so and it's just people who actually are hard and actually like live here really. Like, yeah, it shows that people. Yeah. For in also in every winter, a lot of, a lot or much more people come with every winter. Yeah. More and more. Every more and more. Just like yeah. in, in the summers now. Like it's, it's not in like in the summer, yeah. but it's like, I don't know, maybe 500 persons come in yeah. the winter. What do you think? What, what, why? Why, why are more people coming each year? Yeah, in winter. Mm, I think because they, they, they start to know you can also go hiking in winter. Do you think it's the same kind of people mm, that can come I, here in the, during the summer and they're also ski mountaineers and they mm, want to come back, check it out with the snow? But not too much. A lot of the people who come here in the summertime aren't climbers, aren't even really trekkers. A lot of it's tourism. And a lot of that tourism, I'm, I mean, it was inevitable and it was always happening slowly. But I know that like six years ago, there was like a lonely planet, like, yeah, uh, like, like top 10 places to go before you die. And like <laughs> El Shaltan yeah. was number two. Weirdly enough, number one was like Washington, D.C., which yeah. makes no sense to me because I'm pretty sure you could not go there and die and you'd be fine. <laughs> but here it makes sense. Right. And so everyone just started coming yeah. and like it i mean i'm not even kidding like it's it's i've only had eight seasons to look at it and it's a phenomenal difference i mean it's crazy like how how much it's changed and and but that's not just the tourism it's not just the climbing which was maybe because of information um it's not and weather forecasting it's not just more argentines either like because there are a lot lot more argentines that are that like there was there was a land that was opened up like five years ago right so then more people can live here um and 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 um so so the argentine population was boosted a little bit as well right but still most of those people don't stay in the winter no no for sure so where are the people from the 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 tourists and the the tourists yeah most tourists because i've only met two or three norwegians and i think i've heard two swedes so that's the only Scandinavian people I've, I've seen here. I know where here. the Norwegians stay, but... Where are they at? Well, I don't know if they're here now, but Island IK is like this place that the Norwegians traditionally love. Yeah? Yeah. Because there are some epic Norwegian climbers that have done some amazing routes down here, actually. Like, maybe some of the coolest routes in the last... Like, ever, actually, but definitely the last 10 years. I should uh, read up on that. Yeah, this yeah. guy, uh, Bjorn, Bjorn Ivan Dartun, who's like total boss one of the best like ever climbers wow, okay. definitely like yeah climbed some really cool stuff and Ole Lied was another I think I pronounced oh, yeah. it uh, right yeah he, he sounds very Norwegian yeah, yeah he yeah. he oh, yeah. and others obviously yeah. but those two have done some really spectacular routes down here or like yeah yeah serious guys the new yeah. Chains, yeah? yeah 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 and so the um, I don't know who was the, yeah c continue with the winter part because oh, yeah, what winter, do you do that's your time <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you do in the winter You're yeah, you ski right yeah for sure skiing yeah what, what kind of skiing and uh, what's your objective uh, no I don't have objectives it's like we have objectives for the the, the winter maybe it, if we can do it it's alright but so, mm, like the the moral, we just want to ski. We don't have like like if it works, where, if the conditions work and if the yeah, weather works, and they have like a list of things they want to do. Yeah, it's but like list. usually, Patagonia 
kind of like it slaps you a little bit, you know, and you're kind of like, whoa, I wanted to do all these things. And now I got to do this instead. Well, I got to, I should enjoy that too, you know? Yeah. So it's good not to get too invested in the no. objectives. And in the ski side, there is no, it's not explored. Yeah. So you have to go to explore a lot of mountains, almost yeah. all the mountains to ski. Cause no. Do you, do you bring uh, climbing gear? Do you bring ice axe and uh, crampons mm, and stuff? Sometimes, and, yeah. yeah. Do you combine your, your climbing yeah. skills with the uh, skiing? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Robison just skied Cerro Solo two days ago. Yeah. We, you, you did? Yeah. Man, yeah. Yes, no. Two days. Two days ago. Yeah. We are another friend. You skied two, two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Cerro Solo, you you see? It. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, but but it's uh, the only uh, one. But face jumped the Bergstrand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made it. Called his mom while he was mid jump, and <laughs> and like doing a little grab. In the Mad end. NAR points. Was good. So you started your season already? No, so you can pretty this much ski. never ends here. You can yeah. ski all the twelve months. Yeah, we last that, year we skied in. December, January, and yeah, February. February. No, and we skied. In, we skied in March too. Ah, in March. And in, in, in uh, Mosquito. Mosquito. Nice. Yeah, the, I think the last the last year we skied all the twelve months. Maybe that was April. Yeah. 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 And also the, the last one. It's a paradise. That's Just before. We don't want to tell too many people. Yeah. It's a good thing. I, you guys I don't, don't come. Li- I don't have a lot of listeners. This, this so. is shit. Don't <laughs> come. Well, 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 I can guarantee I'm not going to help you gain any. So. <laughs> and do you document any of your uh, your stuff anywhere? Do you have any? Uh, that, that, yes. Me. I mean, I never. No. Or, yeah. or like, I, I don't mean like publicly, but no, do you no, take no. any photos and... The and last year, did you write anything or? Yeah, I le- the last year I didn't take just Augustine, one. Augustine, he's he's like <laughs> spending too much energy looking good for all my photos yeah. to take the photos <laughs> himself. So yeah, yeah, but I like documenting a lot. Yeah, whether it's like photos or videos, I like that. It's pretty fun. So you're coming back here every year for the rest of your life. That's pretty much the plan. Yeah, maybe I not. You. Maybe I shouldn't say every year because I'm sure if I say it, I'll fuck it up. So like, no, you, but that's that's the plan. Yeah, you should live here. Yeah, and then I'm trying. Go, go I'm trying. to work yeah. to the states. What do you yeah. do back in the states? Um, I work as a climbing and mountain guide, and also do a little bit of like work with photography. That's about it. Otherwise, I do like. I should just like find out. I should come up with this, some good way of saying that. But I'm working. I like that you know about Sam Harris, by the way, because that's like where my criticism personally would be coming. Because I think he's an amazing interviewer, actually. Yeah, yeah. And just like a little bit of like bullshitting around feedback wise, I thought it was really cool because you have a way of having what seem like very well like designed questions. Maybe they weren't, but they seem like they were. Just kind of like roll off the conversation. And so all of a sudden, like, you hit all these, like, points, but it was, like, really natural. Yeah. Respect. It was, like, more fun than other interviews I've been in, where you're like, Jesus Christ, like, oh. this guy proofreading it. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, respect, dude. That oh, was cool. Th- thanks, man. Um, so we're finishing off this uh, podcast with uh, my iPhone, because uh, yes. I don't have any more battery on my Zoom. Um, so... Um, do we have any last words for for our listeners? Do we want more people coming to El, Sh- El Shelton, or should we leave it as a secret? No? No, no, it's okay with that. I think the that the amount is, of people. 
the key is like people will keep coming right but it's really important that when people come like they recognize that like you know it's just important to be responsible in these outdoor like playgrounds and venues that we get they're not playgrounds unless we're responsible with them Mm. and then also there's a couple other things like our impact like if we know that there's a lot of people coming it becomes even more important to lessen our impact and and also uh yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, within that, there's a lot of ways that that we can do that, whether it's, like, taking care to, like, tread lightly while we're here or also, like, maybe lessening our social media-based impact because it's really fun, like you said, to share stuff with people. But, like, one thing I've been thinking a lot about is, like, whether we're really trying to share stuff with people or if we're just trying to, like, give ourselves a couple pats on the back. Right. I impress people. Yeah. Share. share. Yeah. yeah, and I think those are two... <clears throat> vastly different things and the intentions are so opposite that that like i mean i i don't think anyone would ever have a problem with people that were coming here with like you know kindness and responsibility because it's a great place but like it's a really like fragile place in in like its ecosystem is really fragile the seasons are short down here um and uh and also like culturally there's a responsibility in that like you know it's a great place to like party and hang out with your friends but it's always good to remember that like to make friends with everyone because there's people who like fucking live here you know (laughs) it's not like just on like the travel circuit which like i think some people forget sometimes this this town is is so so small and there's so many people just coming through just be staying here for two days yeah uh yeah and, and that's shit because the, they forgive you and like in the mountain yes. and glaciers and everything like it's nature yeah. you can go to the mountains and leave your rope because yeah. you don't gonna need it in the way out mm, yeah. and you leave it, the, the rope on the base camp because you don't need it yeah, yeah this happens. Right. It happens. Yeah, it happens all the time. I saw it on the camping site. Yeah, two weeks exactly. I've been living there. They're just yeah. shitting all over the toilets. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. because so they're leaving the day shit. after, right? It happens with, with trash. It happens with climbing equipment that's considered trash, mm. or that people just don't want to carry because it's heavy and they're tired. And for some yeah. reason, you know, nobody's yeah. special. Basically, nobody's special, but this place is special. And to keep it that way, it requires responsibility. I think, and and like, uh, yeah. It's fun to make new friends in the mountains, but it's not fun to like have the mountains be trashed or to like have to, you know, feel like uh, you are superior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's good. The mountains are for everybody, and it's good to promote the friendships, not not uh, not trash the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's basically the message. One more thing. Um, how do you how do you stay safe? Like if if shit hits the fan, yeah. what do you do? Smoke copious amounts of marijuana. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah. So we keep it tight. Yeah, safety first. Um, we we usually have some kind of like. Uh, well, so first of all, like Cabazon's saying, like he's on the he's on the rescue squad, right? And so like most of the partners I climb with at least have some kind of like. Um, it, that I like am ever trying to push it with a little bit even mm-hmm. have some form of like rescue or like wilderness like medical at least oriented kind of like knowledge um, and so I think that's good because then when stuff does happen and it does sometimes like it helps people not freak out so much mm-hmm. like stay cool and calm and confident about what they're 
kind of the task at hand. But uh, we also travel at times with either a radio so we can contact the parquet in town or um, a little like Garmin inReach, yeah. which is really convenient in terms of receiving weather forecasts and kind of letting loved ones know how you're doing if, I, if you're out longer. Yeah. I use a spot tracker. Yeah, so the spot's super with, similar. Yeah. Which has a SOS button. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what happens when you hit the SOS oh, yeah. button? What, okay. what happens here? Uh, well, they contact the local authorities, which in this case is like the rescue team and like Carly and down at the hospital. Yeah, I think you talk with Carol. Yeah, yeah, talk yeah. to her. Well, okay, so they contact her. Yeah. And she contact us. She like runs everything, basically. Yeah. She's the and boss. And we start to running now the, to the place. Yeah. And, and so that's one thing they do. And then at least in the case of Garmin, they also will work through like, try to work through certain global rescue services in terms of trying, depending on, it also can depend on what kind of insurance someone has, if they have insurance. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. And then last year was the first year they really started like actually implementing the helicopter and some of the rescues. It's kind of yeah. been like a thing that never happened before. Mm. No, it happens. A, a little bit. Yeah. Not on the ice cap though, right? No, on the Torre Valley. I know, but I think last year was the first time that the, there was an ice, ice cap, cap maybe. helicopter. Yeah, because they was in Calafate. Yeah. It was like a real mayor or yeah. commandant. Yeah. And he said, okay, we, we need to go. Yeah. But never happens. Yeah. We don't have the helicopter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the helicopters aren't aren't really suited or, or prepared to like to like short haul no. or long haul off the peaks. So okay. it's more about like... In the valleys, like in the base camps, that 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 it's there would be rescue. It's not a helicopter. It's no. just the it's army like, helicopter. Yeah. When they want, they come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, when the the, the 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 driver has the knowledge or the balls to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, they, they come. it's just because the guys like I'll go do it. Yeah, but then, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Do I it. could do it. So like, they start flying, and yeah. then see the, they see the mountains, the the clouds and coming, the and comes. they say, oh no, I'm not going yeah. to land there, just yeah. go off. Yeah, and then uh, we have to go more okay, faster. Okay, so you can't rely on the helicopter. It, no, no, sure, it no. shouldn't be relied so on. And that's kind of been no. a misconception in the past. Is like, oh, it's like Chamonix. I can call yeah. for a rescue. It's like, no, no. you can't actually. <laughs> like. And now you're just putting other people in danger with that attitude, you know? Like, yeah. And so I think it's just good for people to come with confidence and experience, number one. Number two, come up with a good plan yeah. so that you kind of, you know, widen your margins, can check your, check your bases or check your boxes rather. And then, uh, and then I think third, it's, it's like uh, basically having some form of communication so that like you can be prepared at least to, Something yeah. yeah, to communicate so you can make. But the reality is, it's a serious place, and a lot of times these windows for climbing are really short. And if you got injured in the latter part of the window, you might be waiting a week or two until the weather's good enough for someone even to come help you. And that's kind of the reality of the situation. It's like that's one thing I think that's so cool about down here is it's it's very real and raw. You can't you can't really fudge it too much of the time. It's mm -hmm. kind of like no, like. It's not just like a bad weather day. It's like a you can't go outside kind of day. Like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, make a good plan. Yeah. Uh, in your in your skills. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, try to push really hard in one time. Like your first time, you don't yeah. try to go fucking hard. Yeah. 
just relax and take baby steps. Yeah, baby steps for sure. Baby steps. Mm. Step as the baby. <laughs> Pasa de bebé. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can end it here. Love it. Sounds good. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. That's Thanks. Thanks. fun. Should we go to Fresco? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah? do it. Yeah, All right. It's a good idea. Ay, 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 montaña que vale secreto, se te las nubes y no te dejas ver. Ay, 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 montaña que a tanto le encantado y alguno lo han logrado poderte vencer. Un homenaje a los que fueron dos.